Salutations, listeners. Sivalas Valeo. Valer Magulus. Nano Nano. Thank you for tuning in. This is Three Men in a Basement, and we are the Ultra Crepidarians. My name is Colin McLeod. Mark Alp. Action Jackson. And in this podcast, we review movies, and we deliver to you, the listener, an average schmuck's opinion about hidden gems in the wide world of cinema. In this show, we like to target movies that are not super-duper well-known. We also try to avoid the opposite of that, the ones that are so obscure that you couldn't get your hands on a copy, even if you tried. Like a uh, home video. Yeah. yeah. We're not doing Nana's home videos. Which is a travesty, because they are they are delightful. They're uh, yeah. cinematic gold, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. ones that are not porn right. are, are, are well, much better. We don't talk about those ones, but... Uh, those, are the ba- those are the basement films. You don't, you don't look in that box. Uh, we aim instead for that delightful sweet spot, right in the middle. Movies that maybe you've heard of, maybe you saw a long time ago, you're wondering if they're worth another watch. We delve into those movies, watch them, review them on the podcast. This podcast, in fact. This one? Right here? One of them. Wow. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. What to put out the word? You learn something new every day. Wonderful. And deliver to you our take on whether or not you need to track them down and watch them. Uh, in this, the 45th episode of the oh, podcast, 45. we did our very first listener suggested movie. Hey. So, as we mentioned in previous episodes, we decided to start doing this thing where every fifth episode, we are going to take a listener suggestion and review that. So, if you want to be the next listener suggested movie, you can get to the movie suggested form on our website, tmaab.podbean.com. Fill out the form, submit as many movies as you want, and then we will choose randomly from those every fifth episode in perpetuity and review them and tell you how awful they are and you are a terrible person for suggesting them. We will berate you Mer- yes. mercilessly eviscerate uh what was our listener suggestion this week uh, we did uh the quaint flick uh, waking ned divine waking yeah. ned divine mm. sleepy little man he was he was a tired fella yeah he was all tuckered out should have set an alarm and who suggested this movie to us well that would be deanna rittinger I, hello i believe it was i believe it's pronounced deanna oh D- deanna my deanna 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 there's an apostrophe in there, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Couple yeah. of it's like Dina. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, not Diana. Not Diana. No. Diana. And this is a total stranger to us, yes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never, met, never met Diana. We don't know who this person is. Nope. nope. Uh, I'm assuming, I'm guessing six foot four, six foot five. I'm imagining like a male in his mid 20s. Big beard. Big beard, definitely. Yeah. Uh, probably listening to this podcast as we speak. I hope so. Which it's recorded, so it's always going to be as we speak if you're listening to it. So you said six foot bearded? Six foot four, six foot five, yeah, maybe? Yeah, six, six four, six five. Somewhere in there. Big red beard. Yes, yeah. mushy. Like a linebacker. Yeah. Or a, or a hockey player. Probably could be some yeah. of those things, could be none of those things. I don't know. Classic Deanna. Yep. Okay, Waking Ned Divine. Cherries? So I had, uh, I, I wouldn't call it a cherry. Maybe Strawberry? Yeah, I had a little, little bit of strawberry. So I have seen this movie once... Many, many years ago, and I, I only remembered really the premise and a few quirky lines. So I'm going to say it partially healed. Fair. <laughs> we can leave that one in. We're going to leave that one in. Uh, okay. Um, I I was introduced to... <laughs> so is that too much? Is, that, is the hymen joke too much? <laughs> it's, 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 there's never, it's never too late for a hymen joke. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, include some of that. How about you, Jackson? Have you seen this movie before? (laughs) (laughs) 
I was introduced to this movie um, by my in-laws. All of it. them? Uh, yeah, in fact, I think all of them were in the room when we watched it. Classic. Yeah. yeah. And I watched this movie so many times that I was fighting not to quote it as we were watching it. Beautiful. Uh, I watched this movie probably two or three times a year. Wow. I love this movie. That's impressive. That's now, he doesn't spread it out throughout the year. There no, is it's like one like, day. Yeah. It's like March 15th where yeah. he's just like, I'm going to watch Ned Divine from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. Yep. And then he gets it all out of his system and then, you know, waits till the following year. Yeah. So, so you're watching it tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, about- I'll probably turn it on as soon as I get home and just leave it running. Good. I love it. I love- uh, how about uh, you, Mr. Colin? Uh, how was your cherry? Uh, well, good and popped. Wow. Hey! This was a new movie for me, which... Very rare. What's very rare, because uh, like we, we'd said previously, you know, this is sort of a biased sample. We're hoping to work in other movies that I have not seen. However, the, the sort of irony of this is, like, I love watching movies, but I also, you know, I'm a collector, as you guys know. So I acquire a lot of movies that I haven't seen. I feel like that's not necessarily what everybody does with their movies. Um, I actually purchased this movie and had it in my collection and had not watched it. And I was like, oh, that might be good for the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And then this suggestion came in. And when it came up for us to do it, I was like, we might have to get that movie. I might have to buy that. And I checked my collection. I was like, oh, no, I have it in there. there." (laughs) And I've been intentionally avoiding this because I felt like it would be good for the podcast. So I've had this movie in my possession for more than a minute and have been waiting, waiting. It's perfect. Perfect. Um, All right. Can we kind of talk about some of the stats here, maybe? What do we got? Waking Ned Divine, 1998 movie that was you know i mean in sync was big yeah Backstreet boys and in sync were big and this movie uh, it really played into that yeah it, it featured them heavily yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um except the parts where it didn't yeah rated which is all, which is all <laughs> rated pg i would agree yeah. with that i would yeah. agree with that i feel like it's not a kid's movie but there is nothing in this movie that i would find objectionable for children it's kind of an adult concept, but not in like a racy or morally objectionable way. No, it's, it's life. Just... It's life concepts. It's yeah. facts of life. Yeah. yeah, very, very different movie than Whale Rider, but similar in that like it's it's not for kids, but it's not not for kids. I yeah. mean, yeah. yeah, you're totally right there. Change the theme of this; it very much could have been a focus on the family film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, an hour and 31 minutes. This was the tight 90. Did you Absolutely. feel it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect, I thought. See, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dissent a little bit. I felt like the pacing of this movie is a little slow. It is. Um, I mean, the people of this movie are a little slow. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like, a, you know, in some ways, I think, getting in a little bit of our stuff here, but like, in some ways, I think that sort of nicely captured the spirit of the setting. Yeah. But at the same time, for the viewer, especially the sort of novice viewer, it goes along at just under the pace, I think, I would expect a typical movie to go along. So it felt a little bit long, but not like, oh my god, when is this going to end kind of long. I would push back on that if I had a valid argument, but I don't, so I will (laughs) accept it reluctantly. (laughs) I got no room for any fight. But uh, I, I agree with that. I agree. Let's see our genres here. Okay, I don't know if IMDb underwent like a recent change in terms of their genres or something like that. I've I, never seen this tag before. I've never seen any of these except for comedy. I've seen comedy, which is 
Yeah. That's the that's the laughy one, right? Yeah. yeah but yeah. That's the giggly one. That's the yeah, okay. But have you heard of high concept comedy? I Never. Not. Never I mean, once. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad tag, but like that's not a to me that's not like a genre. That's like a subgenre maybe or like sub sub. Well then let, let me let me throw another uh tag at you. How about quirky comedy? I can see why it would be a tag, but I've never seen it before. Well, surely you've heard of... Well, actually, I have heard of this one. Dark, a dark comedy. Dark comedy. Dark comedy, yeah. I, it's not very... I, it's that not one, a, I, I would, that's I would not a dark it, comedy, no. in my opinion. Well... Just I, because the concept... Why don't you read the description and we'll debate okay, the... Okay, okay. All right. <clears throat> when a lottery winner dies of shock, his fellow townsfolk attempt to claim the money. So, Dude, read Descript. He's getting better every yeah. day. Yeah, thanks. Every day. Thanks. I, I put on my A.5 voice, you know, which is slightly higher than an A, but not quite a full letter above A. Yeah, no, you never go a letter above A. No, 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 no there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, <laughs> there's a reason. <laughs> Oof. Ask uh, Sean Penn about that one. I know. You're the last person who uttered a letter above A. Woo. You ever heard of the Dark Ages? Mm. Yep. Yeah. So I do think it is in the synopsis that this is a comedy that revolves around a lottery winner dying. So, ergo dark comedy. I would say it is a comedy that revolves around the premise of a dark subject, but it is not a dark comedy. You know what yeah, that sounds like to me? That sounds quirky. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a quirky comedy to me. I'm going to build on what Jackson said, and I'm going to say I agree because they don't dwell on or explore too heavily the darker aspects of death, just because it deals with a heavy concept, because it's glossed over so much. Would you say a high concept? <laughs> I didn't see anybody get high in the movie, so, I mean... Fair enough. Yeah, no, I mean, there was no Dave Chappelle half-baked no. type situation going on. Um, yeah, no, I would say because they didn't dwell on that aspect of it, I would not call it a dark comedy. Whereas I feel like a lot of movies that carry that tag, the heavy piece that makes it dark, is explored in its entirety. Did you see the show Weeds? I feel like that was clearly like a yes. dark comedy. Yeah. You know, this is this is not that by any stretch. Weeds also would have been a high concept. Right. Yeah. Which is not quirky. No. At all. Is it plucky? Could be. Because I did write that about this movie. When they pluck the weeds? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so dark comedy, I object. Yeah. High concept comedy. Don't know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bit... Yeah, I that's, think, a, that's a bit... Uh, it's a little too pretentious for even well, me. I'm yeah, just saying, been... if you knew what they were referring to, then you'd probably agree, but maybe you just don't understand it. Yeah, maybe it's too high of a concept. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There wasn't anything in this movie that I felt like was particularly, like, abstract or out of reach. I think I'm just not high enough for the concept. There you go. We should have gotten high. Dang it! We would have gotten the concept. Ugh. Guys, we're walking out of here without a concept. All right. It's not good. Time to start over. Who do we got in this movie? Well, we do have some big, um, I don't know, would you say, huge for their for their face. Like, they're, they seem super familiar to me. Yeah. But I don't know if they have a lot of, you know brand recognition yeah uh, one name jumps to the foreground for me and that's david kelly yes. um you would know david kelly you've seen david kelly a couple things that he's been in one of them was actually a movie that we've done he was in stardust yes he, he was. was the guard at the wall yes <laughs> uh he was also grandpa joe in the charlie and the chocolate factory with johnny depp yeah the lazy layabout who didn't contribute to the family even though he was very capable of getting up and yeah. getting a job 
Yep. Uh, he left it all to Charlie's mother. No, he decided to stay in bed, even though his legs worked perfectly fucking fine. The self-righteous ass Grandpa Joe. The true villain of the story. Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. No, that's absolutely true. I mean, there are people over here like, oh, Mike TV and, mm-hmm. you know, Veruca Salt. No, no. Grandpa see, Joe. See, I like to say that Willy Wonka is one of my favorite villains. And people always look at me funny when I say that. I'm like, okay, fraudulent venture capitalist, indentured servitude, a.k.a. slavery, mm-hmm. shoddy business practices, violations of food safety protocols, and child endangerment. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, the guy's a menace. And he definitely, like, he definitely discriminated by skin color. Yeah. Now, he's discriminated between orange and everybody else. Yeah. But discrimination is discrimination, yeah. right? You, like, you cannot discriminate against orange people. Report it, that guy to the labor board. Yeah. Also, I guarantee he doesn't pay taxes. I don't think he pays at all. Mm. Mm. Taxes. We also got got Ian Bannon in this movie, and Ian Bannon, I never, ever in a million years would have been able to give you his name, but it took me about 15 minutes to recognize where I knew him from. He is from the movie Braveheart. Yes. 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 Um, I actually always assumed it was the previous Robert Bruce, but he's actually credited just as Leper. So Robert the Bruce in Braveheart is like talking to a guy who doesn't show his face ever, and he's got leprosy, and he's covered in boils and... um, No, it is his father. He actually does say father in the movie, now that I think about it. But he's credited as leper, which is weird. But yeah, he is the previous Robert Bruce who is pretending that he's abroad on business. Yeah. And so, but again, he's not covered in boils in this movie. And he's actually like, you know, (laughs) he's he's got a remarkably healthy complexion. Uh, who else we got? Uh, we got, uh, Fiona Flanagan. I think, I I don't know if I pronounced that properly. She has a very recognizable face. You know? Yeah, but honestly, I have a hard time identifying what I recognize her most from. As I'm flipping through her filmography, though, for me, she's the mom in Four Brothers, right? That gets yeah, killed and then brings say. them all together. Yeah, yep. yep. But she's a very kind of like warm, inviting like aura. I guess I, I don't know how to describe what I mean, but like she just comes across as trustworthy. I know her from Defiance. Mm-hmm. She plays Nikki. Mm-hmm. But again, I know that I've seen her face in other things, but I could not tell you what they were. But you're right. She's just kind of a warm little old lady. Right. I'm like just... if she brought you tea and biscuits, there would be less than a 5% chance that they're poisoned. Yeah. Which I like that. I'll I, take those odds. I like them odds. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Um, I think that's pretty much it for, like, recognizable faces. Anybody else you guys want to throw out? I would say one more. James Nesbitt. Um, Pig Flynn? Oh, yes. Yeah. He is the son of the woman who just loves sucking down Darjeeling's, that one-armed woman with the big plastic dome. I her am Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but he was Bofer in The Hobbit, Unexpected Journey. Which makes him kind of hard to recognize because yes. he was under, Lots let's say, heavy prosthetics. Yeah. Yes. Um, the voice is kind of what gives it away. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean... We're talking Ned Divine came out in 98, Hobbit came out in 2012. So that's quite a span of time. Wow, The Hobbit came out over 10 years ago? Yeah. I'm not okay with that. That, yeah. It breaks your brain a little bit. To be fair, I wasn't okay with it coming out anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about that for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's Eddie in this pool for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that's pretty much all of the big names. Yep. Yeah, I would say so. Did anyone noteworthy direct this, or is this... We got uh, Kirk Jones directed and wrote this. I do not know who Kirk Jones is. Anybody else? Nope. 
Um, Never heard the name before. Oh, he directed Nanny McPhee. Okay. My, my Big Fat Greek Wedding 2, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Wow, so he's got some He's got some he's directing got some big jobs. numbers down there. Yeah, he's no slouch. Sorry, Kirk Jones, that we don't know you, but come on the podcast and... and... We'll apologize to your face. Yeah. yeah, pull up a seat, man. Mark will apologize to your face. I'll apologize to your ass because you'll be facing Mark, but... That's fair. I guess I'll apologize to his shoulder? Yeah. Perhaps a muffin top side? <laughs> whoa, just whoa, saying. you are not being whoa. kind to the physique of Kirk Jones. I don't know Man. if he has a muffin top. I'm just speculating. Oh, you're just, oh, you're covering all your bases. Right. That's fair. right. Covering yeah. all my tops. My muffins. <laughs> well, the muffin top is the best part of the muffin. So really it's a compliment. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> it is objectively the best part. You're welcome. That's true. Um, okay. Are we ready to uh, wreck around? I, yes. Wreck around, wreck around, I wreck around. Wreck around, wreck around. Okay, I absolutely recommend this movie, you know? I think I think you did mention the pacing, so if you're showing up for a Transformer, it's not that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, it's so funny, because in my head, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, both, like, it's a little slow-paced, so if you're the kind of person who likes, like, Transformer-type Michael Bay movies, like, and it was like... <laughs> Like, wow, Mark is really hitting the points. <laughs> yes, yes. You can read my mind, guys. We are <laughs> vibing tonight. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is feel good. I think personally, at its best. Oh yeah, it's witty. I just I just enjoyed it. I have, do, and will recommend this movie. And I can't think of a group of people that I wouldn't recommend it to. I mean, maybe if I knew somebody that only ever watched one type of movie and that type of movie was anything other than this type of movie. But I don't like those people because they're shallow and small-minded. Yeah, they're terrible people. Yeah, (laughs) just terrible people. Who have we lost historically? We've lost big groups of people historically. <laughs> so we're just, we're still whittling down the list. See, we, we've lost entire nationalities. States. states yep. Countries. Yep. yep. But th- this, we're just, we're just chopping out the, you know. The bad parts. The bad Separating parts. the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We'll move on. They won't send an email anyway, because who knows? Maybe they can't. <laughs> they're going to beat us severely and we're going to chaff. They're too small minded to send an email. <laughs> they're, they're still sending letters. <laughs> All right. Uh, My dearest Vivian, would... they insulted me on a podcast I don't listen to. Eustace! Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, I said Eustace. Thank you. Uh, Colin, would you happen to recommend this movie? I would recommend this movie. Similar caveats to you, too. Like, uh, if, if you struggle with movies that are low energy and slightly slower paced, maybe not for you. The only other group that I could think of that might struggle with this is like, there are some people who get really frustrated or struggle with movies in which the characters are speaking with accents. And I love that this movie unapologetically uses a local Irish dialect or accent and didn't try to go for that like silly mid-Atlantic that, you know, everybody can understand you type stuff. But I do know that there is a contingent of people out there who get frustrated at that and they're like, I'm not going to watch a movie when I can't understand people. Yeah, and they'll like, turn it off. Like if you have if you have severe auditory processing issues, still watch it, but turn on the subtitles. Yeah. In my experience, the people who wouldn't watch it because of the accents are also the people who hate movies with subtitles. I watch everything <laughs> with subtitles. Look, if, if you're the kind of person that, that Colin seems to be referring to now and you're listening, just stop. There's nothing for you here. Yeah. Go I mean, home. leave the podcast running. Well, right, right. Because we, we've established we get a lot of money. We need to get thing. ours, but you don't need anything. No. So, bye. Are bye, we... Felicia. <laughs> bye, Felicia. Are we learned with the Rex? Yeah, I think I think we're good. Are we are moving we, on? Are we ready to move on to... Bah, 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 bah.
That is spoiler territory. We're in spoilers. So if you don't want the movie spoiled, uh, shut it off. Leave the podcast running. As turn, it down, turn, turn, turn it down. Turn it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. don't listen, but leave the podcast running. Yeah. And then reboot um, it and listen to it again. Yeah. yeah. And Actually, again and again and yeah, again. Yeah, just delete it off of your device so that you can actively re-download. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's better the second time if you go the full right. step. Right. And then if you do it a third time, it's even better. It's just, it's incremental. Yes, then just send us money. Yeah. yeah the, the second time, like, hurts a little bit. And the third time, you kind of get used to it. And you, start, you start to like the sore. Yeah, you're acclimated at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And then you can You've just... you dialed in. And then you can just keep going again and again. But oh, careful, it might give you a heart attack eventually. It's true. Yeah. You'll uh, go blind if you if, if you do it too much. If you don't chafe. Yeah. First. I chafe. But <clears throat> uh, so how does this movie start? Okay, one thing that is a little curious about this movie is it starts with a voiceover... <laughs> And they never revisit the voiceover. So, like, I'm just going to, like, go spoilers right at, like, hard I knew, spoilers. I knew the second we got past spoilers that was going to be the first thing that That was came curious. Up. Like, it, it, it started kind of like the movie Ted, right? Where uh, Patrick Stewart, like, did this, like, voiceover. They were, like, maybe in Stardust, you know, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen! Ian McKellen! Does the voiceover and sort of, like, explains. But, like... Those voices always come back, especially at the very end, yeah. right? To sort of pepper in some, you know, context and subtext and shit. This voice had, like, this kind of funny, quirky intro and then just fucked off and, like, never touched the movie again. Yep. You know what it reminded me of? The uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Like, that intro where it's just kind of, like, setting up the universe and then it's, you know... It's yeah, like... but even with Hitchhiker, he pops in periodically throughout the movie. That's fair. That's fair. No, this one sets the stage and then just pieces out. Yeah, very curious. Which actually like makes me wonder if there is a cut of this movie where that voice didn't piece out. Mm-hmm. Like, was that meant to be something that was a mainstay and then they just decided not to, but they're like, oh, but the, the intro's really good. Let's just leave that part. But it also <laughs> makes me question, is there a cut of this movie with no voiceover at all? Probably. I'm sure. Especially if you like you got like a scratch DVD. Yeah. And you have to start it like, you know, a minute and a half in. Yeah. That version. No, I've been there. Yeah, they that doesn't have the the intro. Mm. That would suck. So we got an intro talking about the lottery, talking about how, you know, it changes people's lives. And then does it at that point it just fades into Jackie and Annie's house. Yeah, yeah. Our main character who's just sitting down asking for an apple tart. From his wife, who's like in the kitchen doing whatever. She's eating her apple tart. Yeah, yeah. He's just watching the lottery. You know, nothing crazy. And uh, he wants his apple tart. Yeah, I want my apple tart. Starts to pretend that he's winning the lottery, and his wife kind of runs in there, hands him his apple tart, and then he he gets all happy and giddy, and she goes, "How much did we win?" And he says, "Nothing." (laughs) Yep. I I got my apple tart. Uh, I think th- this movie might be a little bit more, well, I don't know, maybe we can go beat for beat. But... We say this every every week. Yeah, I know. I Let's let's uh, try and do broad yeah. strokes. So Jackie has a best friend, played by David Kelly. His name is Michael O'Sullivan. And Michael O'Sullivan and Jackie O'Shea go way back. They've been friends for years. They are very, um, how would you describe them? Innocent and charming yeah. in like a small town kind of way. Yeah, like, they're chummy. Yeah. They've been best friends for presumably decades. And, you know, they just kind of hang out and do things together. I mean, the whole village of Tullymore is basically a retirement home. Like very... everybody in this village, with the exception of a select few, are retirees and octogenarians. And very 
innocent. Yeah. Like, Jackie's wife, Annie, at one point later in the movie, describes Michael O'Sullivan as never having told a lie in his entire life. So, sort of set the character stage, if you will. So, yeah, they, they sort of march through their daily routine, which is not the most exciting day no. in the world. Yeah, we, we spend But like, it's very peaceful. Yeah, we, we spend, like, the first, I don't know, maybe half, I don't know, or third of the movie just, like, meeting the characters and, like, getting enmeshed in, in their world, their day-to-day. This movie does a great job of, like popping around to like different people doing various things and you can just tell that you you got chemistry between characters this movie had chemistry between like the whole town yeah you know? yeah i mean i've said this before the main protagonist of this movie is the village itself yeah the protagonist yeah the protagonist of waking ned divine is the village of Tullymore. Yeah. It does, I would say, follow Jackie, but you're right in the sense that the village carries the narrative. And to your point, Mark, the first sort of quarter, third of the movie, where we're introduced to the characters, following his lotto loss, Jackie says to Michael, they said in the newspaper that the winner of the lottery was from this county. And the county is very big, but there is one village in the county. And the village is ours, Tullymore, and it's it's only got, was it 59 people? 52. 52 mm-hmm. people. That really narrows it down, and I know it's not you, and I know it's not me, and I know it's not my wife, so there's actually 49 people that we have to really be looking at. Right. And so they make it their business in the first third of the movie to figure out who won the lottery and is sort of slow playing their hand. Yeah. They're clearly, whoever won the lottery is not running down the street saying, I won, I won, I won, yeah. I won. They're, they're, <laughs> Their whole plan is to become best friends with whoever won the lottery so that they can share in the spoils. Yeah, so they're going to the pub. They're buying pints for people. They do like a a party where they serve everybody chicken, you know, like they're spending money trying to both look generous but also to, like, you know, covertly find out who it was. Um, it's an investment. And let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. And the, you got to spend money to make money. <laughs> and it's very, it's very it's, clear that Jackie, while he may be a generous and benevolent person, obviously doesn't make a habit of going around town and buying pints for people and hosting dinner parties where everybody gets their own special chicken dinner and pouring shots of Irish whiskey mm-hmm. on the weekends. Yeah, like, you kind of get the sense that, like, Nobody in the town does this kind of because nobody in the town has a lot of money. Right. Everybody here is living off of what they can. Yeah. Like they're not destitute, but they're very careful with their money. They live very humble, simple lives. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody now sees Jackie throwing his weight around and they're like, all right. We already know somebody from the village won. Who's throwing around the money? Uh, Hey, Jackie. Did you win? (laughs) And he's like, oh, no, if I had won, you'd be the first I'd share it with. (laughs) Yeah, he's sort of planting that seed. He's like, no, but if I did, I would share it with my friends. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And he he tells, like, every single person that asks him if he won the lottery, he's like, no, 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 but you'd be the first to share it if I had. It's like, yeah, um, that's that's a lie, Jackie. Mm Mm-hmm. At one point, he buys Pig Finn a pint. We got to talk about Pig Finn. Yeah. And Pig Finn, he's like, you've never bought me a pint before. It's like, oh, sure I have. Yeah, loads of times. (laughs) Absolutely. So Finn has a pig farm and he's called Pig Finn because he can't wash the smell off of him. And it's like a constant bit throughout the movie where like he just stinks a pig. I I feel like because we're discussing this, I will throw out one of my quotes right now because it doesn't belong to a part of the movie. It belongs to the entire movie. And (laughs) the quote is, if it weren't for the pigs, 
and word for the pigs. It, it's literally like everybody steers clear of him and sort of keeps him at a distance because of his smell. However, there is a very particular person who he wants to get close to and will get nowhere near him. Yeah. Um, which is a love interest. Maggie. Um, Maggie O'Toole. I wonder if there's any relation to Peter O'Toole. Ooh. We didn't look into that too closely, but, no. um, you know, Irish. Yeah. O'Toole. There's only a few Irish people out there. There's yeah. like six or seven of them. It's I, a and really I know small three. place. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's a great like through line throughout the, the movie. And Finn is like genuinely like a, a good guy. Yeah. yeah. You know? He's a very likable um, person. And that's the, the worst part about that relationship or lack thereof is she is so explicit about, I would love you. I would marry you. I would cherish you. I would marry you tomorrow if it weren't for the pigs. If it weren't for the pigs. If it weren't for the pigs. <laughs> Just, so she's good. literally saying... I want to be your wife, but I can't because you smell. (laughs) You smell so bad. Brutal. Oh my God. There's so (laughs) many like awesome bits in here where like Finn gets a hold of these like fancy soaps, you know, I think Jackie gives him some soaps, you know, just like different fruits and he's like trying them on and like get, there's like a scene where he gets close to Maggie. uh, Finn does. And uh, she's like smelling some of like the fruits and he's like smiling bigger and bigger, you know, cause she's getting closer and closer, you know, and then just all of a sudden she's like, oh, Nope, still there. There, it's, there it is. And then, like, she just immediately turns and walks away. It's just, it's heartbreaking, you know? He's like, well, maybe I'll try the raspberries next time. You know? it, it is just like, it, yeah, anytime those two are on screen together, it is just watching, like, a train wreck of dejection. Yeah. <laughs> but their chemistry is good. Yeah, like, that's the thing that sucks is they, they love each other and care for each other, but nope. They're, like, so. swooning for one another across a brook at one yeah. point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's it's very hallmark in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of uh, you know if if it weren't for the pigs, right? Uh, since since we're throwing out quotes, mine actually happens in the scene we're talking about. Jackie's gonna buy Pig Finn a pint, and Michael's gonna buy Pig Finn a packet of his favorite Mexican yes. crisps. Yes, and Pat Mulligan is sitting at the bar, and he says, "Your old friend, you must be needing an operation on your old nose. Have you smelled Pig Finn lately?" And Jackie says. I have, and I must say he smells a mite better than your aftershave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. That, uh, I think, would fall into the category of a sick burn. Yeah. Yes. Sick burn. Okay, so, uh, again, first third of the movie, you know, we're meeting everyone, we're going on this kind of adventure, you know, trying to find out who won the lottery, and eventually they have this big party, this chicken party. Chicken party! Chicken party. Uh, New band name? Yes. Yeah, actually, that is a pretty good band yeah. name. Yeah, Chicken Party. That is just like, that is a very generic term, but that, that is a good band name. That's a like, solid band Chicken name. Party. I would, I would party. go see a band called Chicken Party. I, it piques my mm-hmm. interest. Yep. Chicken I think, Party. I think you mean it beaks your interest. Sick. Hey! You should see his face right now. Yeah. Oh, because they're chickens. Uh-huh. Yeah. He got it. He and got they, it. He got uh, it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, why is a chicken so funny? Yes. Because... Oh, boy. I like that, too. Oh, boy. I like that, too. I'm going to use that a word. <laughs> okay, so, chicken party. They notice that there's a piece of chicken left. There's a there's a breast left. You know, Jackie's talking to his wife, and she tells him that she made exactly the right number of chicken breasts. So they she knows for sure that someone wasn't there. And they, they kind of go through the list for a second, and they realize it's Ned Devine. <gasps> yeah, and so, in an attempt to butter him up as they did with the rest of the village, because they don't know who won the money, Jackie goes over to Ned's house in the middle of fucking, fucking hurricane storm, <laughs> and finds Ned in his room, clinically dead. Yes. Not and, just mostly. Oh, no, no. No, he was all the way dead. A, there's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. 
to believe. <laughs> Beautiful. And Ned is sitting there in front of the television. The television is on, and it's running static, and he is holding a lottery ticket in his hand. With a beautiful, like, just stupid grin, petrified on his face. And I would say, end of act one. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Imagine the most joy you could see on a human face. That's what you see on Ned's dead face. His eyes are open and still twinkling. And staring up at the ceiling. And act two basically involves Jackie and Michael pretending to be Ned in order to collect the winnings. So Jackie goes home to his wife. They're in bed. And, you know, he's saying, you know, it was terrible. You know, he's Ned died and it's awful and blah, blah, blah. And then he falls asleep and has a dream in which he's in a boat with Ned. And Ned is eating chicken. Offers um, him some chicken. <laughs> yeah, and offers him some chicken and, and keeps insisting, please have some chicken. It's really delicious. To which he says, no, I'm full. No, I'm full. And he wakes up and he takes that as a sign from Ned, who visited him in a, in a dream, and told him very explicitly, I want you to have some of my chicken. And by chicken, I mean lottery winnings. Please fake my death and, and take all the money. Or That's not fake my death. Not fake my death. He's mucho dead. But yeah, the point stands. Please pretend to be me and collect my winnings. Mm -hmm. And so Jackie and Michael, but let's say Jackie, yeah. ha hatches this plan to pretend He's to be He's the mastermind. Mad. He is, yeah. Some might say the only mind. Yeah. <laughs> Michael is very simple in a kind person kind of way, right? Like there are some people who are just so kind. They're very gullible, easy to take advantage easy of. Easy to manipulate. Yeah. Naive. Naive is probably the word we're really beating around is he's naive, but not because he's stupid. Not in but an because, ignorant or dumb way. Because he's, he's kind. He just sees all of the best in everything. Yep, and he happens to be surrounded by good people who are just looking out for him. Yeah. yeah, he really has had, like, he's had no reason in his life to not act this way, right? Like, he's, right. he's never, it's like a, an animal that doesn't fear, you know, a new animal in their environment because they have no natural predators. Like, if, <laughs> yep. you, were to, if you were to go to a foreign country and the native wildlife just comes running up to you and it's just like, hi, what's your name? It's like, oh, you've never met people before. Um, heads up. They suck. People be the worst. Yeah. But not in this village. No. They are so, very sweet. Uh, initially, Jackie's plan is that he will be Ned because he seems to have no qualms about, you know, spinning a yarn. And there's no way that Michael could possibly do it because, like we mentioned, Michael's never lied once in his life. Well, and Jackie's a natural-born storyteller. Yep. Yep. So they've got this kind of plan more or less hatched. They decide to go skinny dipping one day. They call the lottery. Yes, yeah, they, they, they call the lottery, they, they set events in motion. Yep, they know. report the winnings and stake their claim and wait for the money to fall. Yep, and the people that run the lottery are going to be sending someone to the town to both handle the paperwork, but also kind of like verify the details. Which, can we talk about that for one it's, second? It's important. The guy, I'm sorry, this, this, I'm not going to knock this movie for this, but it did catch my attention that the guy flew in on a fucking helicopter got dropped off in the middle of a road and then got into a fucking Ford Escort yeah. to go to the village. And it's like, I am sorry, but those two things do not exist in the same universe. You fly in on a helicopter, you drive around in something that is not a Ford Escort. Or you <laughs> just fly it to the village. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they dropped him off outside of the village. Well, because this scene needed to happen. I believe you're right. Because the director <laughs> said so. Yes. Because Deus Ex Machina. Yes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Michael and Jackie yeah. are, they're just going for a dip real quick. A car pulls up and is... It's Jim Kelly yeah. from the lotto. 
and they were not prepared for him. And unfortunately, Jackie's the one that talks to him first. So Jackie's out. Jackie cannot pretend to be Ned. And Michael snap. fucking hides. He's, he scrambles up behind a rock and he's like, shit, 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 Cowers. shit. Cowers. Yeah. <laughs> Cowers. Yes. It's like really hard puffing on a cigarette. Like, oh my God, this is terrifying. Yep. Yep. Um, so the lottery man needs to find out where Ned lives. So Jackie volunteers to show him the way. So he hops in the car with the lottery man. They take off down the road and Michael flips out, realizes what he needs to do in order to keep everything on track. He tries, tries to, to get dressed real quick. Gives he up. Can't, he can't put the pants on in time, so he just jumps on the bike. That scene is so good because it's like it's shot from like 50 feet away and so you just <laughs> see this like old frail man trying to put on pants and then just like giving up and like walking over to the motorcycle and it's like this man is buck naked. Oh, I don't know why this, in my opinion, makes it funnier, but he does have on his, like, dress socks and brogues. Yeah. Yes. And he gets his helmet. And yep. his helmet. So his helmet, these Argyle-style dress socks, brogues, and... He's not covered from head to toe, but his head and toes are covered. Yes, yes. He is He is a, <laughs> yes. a naked human sandwich of clothing. <laughs> All um, 80 pounds of him. Oh, my God. That We do need to talk about He's that. He's so tiny. He, If negative weight existed... I know scientists have been searching for that particle with negative mass. Yeah. This guy, you should start with him. Yeah. Because this guy is... Just call David Kelly. Oh, my God. Oh my God I, if so you good. if you put a string around him, you could fly him like a kite. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. But, you know, in like, I don't know, in like a cute old man way. Yeah. Like, in like this, you know, he's all... He's all skin and bones. I would love for David Kelly to be my grandpa. I think that would be yeah. amazing. Oh, it would be, it'd be fantastic. So what follows is almost like a Ferris Bueller scene where Jackie is doing everything he can to stall the lottery man. He's giving him like fake directions. He's having him drive around in circles. And then Michael is just sitting on his little moped, just like going as fast as he can trying to get to Ned's house so that he can then be Ned. While his bare ass is vibrating on the seat oh, and the mud God. is caking up his God. back as he drives. That was such a hilariously necessary detail. Like, we've all ridden bikes through mud. Yeah. Right? And that's exactly what happens. It's always, like, comically clear, right? It's not it's not that your back gets splashed with mud. It's always, like, a fucking perfect it's line. It's just a perfect right straight line. Right your spine. And it's like, I don't even know how that fucking happens, but sure as shit, here's Michael O'Sullivan just burning down the road at top speed, which means, like... 45 yeah. on that shitty little bike and bare ass naked and he's just got this strip of mud right up his back such a good touch it is amazing so he's able to sneak in the back door of ned's house and answer the door to jim and jackie in nothing but a towel under the guise of he was in the bath you know he invites jim in to discuss the lotto winnings and as he turns around you see the stripe of mud on his back and it just kind of <laughs> like punches that joke one more time That's so funny. uh and he's trying to get dressed but ned's clothes don't fit him because as we've discussed michael's a waif so jackie gives michael his clothes. So Jackie's now sitting in his skivvies in some sort of like lean-to on the outside of the house, listening through the window to the conversation as Jim and Michael, aka Ned, discuss the winnings of the lotto. Yeah. It turns out that the winnings are substantially higher than what they had initially thought. They were about twelve times as much as they expected. Yeah, they were throwing around five hundred thousand dollars or pounds or whatever. And it turns out that the winnings were actually more like six point eight million. I'll take Big that. difference. I'll take that. Yeah. Big difference. Yep. There's this funny bit where Michael, again, playing Ned, is just completely lost for words, you know? Like, he's just, uh, 
trying to like spit out as he's trying to process how much money this is. Okay, so Jim needs a little bit more information, and one of the things that he needs is the actual ticket, which unfortunately Jackie left in a bag in the phone booth. So after Michael, pretending to be Ned, tells Jackie this, Jackie, in his skibbies, hops on the bike, and tears off down the road naked just like Michael was mm -hmm. to go and get the it's lotto that. tickets and the rest of the documents, which he had taken from Ned's house, including like birth certificate and social insurance card and all of this stuff under the pretext that they might need it, which they did yeah. <laughs> and then didn't have it. And then all the while, Michael playing Ned is feigning intestinal distress to stall for time. So things go pretty well. Jackie gets back. They get everything sorted out. Unfortunately, on the way out, Jim tells Michael, uh, pretending to be Ned, we'll stop doing that now, <laughs> uh, tells him, yeah, everything checks out. Uh, did you sign the back of the lotto ticket? And Michael proudly declares, I sure did, because Ned had signed it before he died. And he says, that's great. That's no problem. Um, the only thing is, because you signed it, I have to verify that that is, in fact, you, and you're not somebody trying to collect in the name of Ned. So I'll just come back to the village and I'll ask around and do a little inquiry. And if everything checks out, I'll cut you a check. So now I would say end of act two. Yep. Yeah. And act three begins basically with the knowledge that the tax man are coming. Yep. <laughs> this lotto guy is coming back and he is going to inspect the town, make sure that Michael is really Ned. And which he is not. Which technically, technically, technically not. not. Yeah, you're right. I mean, technically, he is not Ned. Unofficially, he could be, but mostly he's not. He's, yeah. He's mostly not, yeah. as Mark so succinctly put it. Most good. And yeah, they're at a crossroads now, because they're either going to go to prison or somehow figure out a way to convince the town to play ball and tell this guy that Michael is, in fact, Ned. Which just, it fits perfectly, because like in Act 1, we meet almost everybody from the town, and so Act 3 just fits so nicely into it. Now we just need to convince all these characters and all these faces that we met earlier to be in on the bit. So Jackie calls a town meeting, fits the entire town in a closet. Basically, like, yeah. You know, 52 people in a farmhouse. And owns what happened. You know, he admits what he has done, and kind of shares the plan like hey this guy's gonna be coming into town if we're all a part of this if we all buy into it if you all sign this piece of paper then we'll carry this farce out if even one person refuses to sign it i will turn myself into the authorities because or i would rather take the heat for my own misgivings than get everyone else in trouble so yeah i mean we're which i mean the whole town is pretty much on board from the get-go because once they find out how much the ticket is worth they realize that every single person in that village is going to get a hundred and thirty thousand pounds which for these people is a massive pile of money and by these people he means us <laughs> also that true. would be a lot of money for me i could take it i would take it would make a it would make a measurable difference in my quality of life i yes. can tell you that right now i would buy pringles I would buy... So many Pringles. Yeah. Two tubes of Pringles. Two tubes! Two I would tubes. buy a truck and Opulence. fill it with Pringles. I would buy the Pringles out of Jackson's truck when he's selling them. Is that what you're... That was you're going to do with the Pringles? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be a Pringle vendor. Yep. Which is a respectable profession, Dad. Yes! I expressed my dreams of being a Pringle vendor to my father, and he was disapproving. Yeah. Which is... I was laughed out of my... Crushing, to say the least. I was laughed out of my hometown. Yeah. Yeah. Pringles! Nah, we're a Lay's family here. Mm. I, I get that. I, I mean, I got the same talking to. We're like lames. Oh, 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 yeah. Because, oh, oh, shit. That'll teach him. You got him good. Yeah, oh yeah eat God, that, dude. fucker. Oh, my Need God. Need some ice for that burn. Nope. 
Uh, okay, so we've uh, fuck. I'm still on Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get off them. It is once it, you pop, you just can't stop. The fun don't stop. No, it's true. Now I'm on tennis because Pringles cans kind of look like tennis ball holders. Um, and you just got to put a little crunch in your lunch. Yeah, I know. I'm just and now I'm onto ball holders and well, it's hard I'm, to get off that. Yeah, I'm back to Granny's videotapes and yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the basement. <laughs> Ah, memory. <laughs> um, ah, trauma. <laughs> um, okay, so, yes, the entire town pretty much agrees to this. There is one holdout who is the Lizzie. crotchety old bitch on the little... Rascal. Rascal. That's what the rascal scooter. And she's referred to many times as a witch. Yes, which is the PG version of saying bitch. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, she, it affects the plot, but it doesn't in the same way. Like, she's the last holdout, and I don't think she ever says it explicitly, but she says, like, she'll sign it on one condition, and then the next scene is Ned's proper funeral. So, I think the takeaway was that I'll sign it if we show our respects to Ned. Yes, which was not the case. No, but they do a great job of getting him to the chapel. Um, oh, no, I meant... That was not the... No, she it said was, she'll sign for a million. Yeah, it, you're right. It was set up kind of like... I, she's like, I've got some conditions. And then it like cut to Ned's funeral and you're like, oh, her conditions were... You oh, know, was that not have, what it was? Have, no. a, have a respectful sending off of this man, blah, blah, so blah. So Dennis Fitzgerald, the pub owner, is talking with Jackie. Mm-hmm. And Pat Mulligan standing there, Michael O'Sullivan standing there. And they're all having this conversation. And Pat literally says to him, so she'll sign for a million. And he says, she'll sign for the same amount as everybody else or she'll sign for nothing at all okay i had thought that that was just a joke but it does make more sense now given how she ends up carrying on um (laughs) but anyway they do have a funeral for ned it's this big like emotional moment they're carrying him through town they make it to the chapel they get him in there it is a proper funeral yeah yeah just as they're very respectful yeah 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 yeah. well (laughs) they did actually they they, tried they they did actually like this guy yeah like he was very well liked in the town i feel like a lot of movies that have this type of thing where like you're ripping off a dead person (laughs) it's like it's almost invariably like yeah but that person was kind of an asshole or that person was a bitch you know it's like but in this guy was a dick no ned was beloved he was really well liked yep yep. (laughs) Um, but my hesitation is that, like, just as they're, like, about to, like, mention him at the funeral, the Lotto Man shows up in town. And sneezes in the back of the chapel. And everybody, in. everybody's sphincters tighten. Yep. And it's great because they refer to him, like, how are we going to know who the Lotto Man is? Well, he's got hay fever. He sneezes a lot. And everyone's just kind of like, right, that's going to be the thing that tips us off. Well, it does. It's great. They immediately pivot in the funeral to just talking about Michael's character. And it- so Michael is now Ned. And Ned is now Michael. You can't see, but Jackson is pointing at an invisible coffin and presumably a very thin old man named David Kelly. I could tell. Auditorily. Yes. Yes. It's very clear. It comes over the audio greatly. It's it's all in the wrist. Yeah. When when you point down like that, it's in the wrist. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's pointing at a coffin. I know Mm because of the wrist angle. Yep. Yep. That's coffin wrist right there. Coffin wrist. Now that is a band name. name. That is a band name. That's a fucking like Mm. black metal band. Mm. Coffin wrist. Yes. It's what you get from carrying too many caskets. Oh, shit. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. I, I killed so many motherfuckers. Go I, got, I got coffin wrists. I buried so many men. I got coffin wrists just for fun. <laughs> That's the Paul Bears. Cramps. Just Baron Pauls. <laughs> 
know, for the longest time, I thought it was palm bearers. Mm. That, I don't know if it would count because it's two words, but I believe that might be considered an egg corn. Mm. And egg corns are a very specific, we may have talked about this on this show, but a very specific type of mistake made in language that was just described very recently, like in the early 2000s. And it is a mistake in language that a small group of people will make, but involve substitutions of existing words, phrases, clips, whatever. And the characteristic of an egg corn is it has to kind of make sense. Kinda and the like, pal palm bearers does actually kind of make sense because you, you do sort of hold it with your palm. Well, and, and <laughs> it's it's kind of like for all intensive purposes. Right, right. right it's yeah. for all intents and purposes. Right, right. That would be another example of an egg corn. Right. There's a lot of them. Butt yeah. naked and buck naked. Yeah. Yep. And it's eponymous. Yes. Egg corn is... Hippopotamus? There are a lot of people who thought... Acorn. Acorn or eggcorns, which they are kind of egg-shaped. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. Eggs with a little hat. Chicken and the egg. Which came first? The chicken. The, the oak tree. <laughs> um, They're successful? And there's not really too many other beats. Um, There is one beat, and it is off a telephone box. Ooh, off off the beaten path, perhaps? Off the yeah. beaten road? So, okay. Uh, well, God, what was her name? The witch. Lizzie. Lizzie. Lizzie's decided to just burn everything down, and there's, like, a quick little, like, joke, like, you know, the phone lines are down because of a storm, you know, what is she gonna do, like, walk to Dublin? And, then like, the next scene, she's in her, like, little, like, scooter, and, like, it's a wide shot, and you just kind of, like, see her kind of, like, slowly going across the road. Her, uh... Her little rascal dies. It dies! She, like, gets out. It's similar to that scene with Michael where he's, like, naked because it's such a wide shot. You just kind of, like, see her get out of her little walker, and she, like, kicks it a little bit, and then just, like, presumably curses and just keeps walking down the road. Walking very healthily, yeah. might I add. Yeah, she most certainly didn't need that scooter. But she is, they make it a point to demonstrate that her character is the type of person that would very unnecessarily take that scooter from somebody else or from, you know, just like, I'm going to use this scooter, not because I need it, but because I don't feel like walking and fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's terrible. She's terrible. She's, she's the worst. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that scene. The whole town is celebrating because they were successful. The, the, the check was cut. So they're all partying and she's making her way like closer and closer. She makes it to the telephone booth, which is just kind of randomly on a cliffside as telephone booths are. Yeah. I can actually, I can verify this one. <laughs> they, they do. That is a thing. It is very bizarre. It reminded me, I mean, I don't know how many people are making this connection, but like that Austin Powers, you know, there's that scene with a telephone booth on a cliff. <laughs> yeah. That one I can't verify because that one, well, I suppose it's uh, the the joke is made in. I was going to say because that one was in California, but I was like, oh, yeah, no, they, they were supposed to be in England because mm -hmm. he makes the joke. You know, what's funny is how the English countryside looks in no way like Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed that scene because the tension is just building and building and building and it's... it's and there's a fiddle playing in the oh, background yeah. and it's like climactic music. It's building, it's climbing. The lottery man just happens to be driving by the road at, the, at one time. He sneezes, a delivery truck swerves off the road, hits the telephone booth. The witch goes flying off the cliff and it's just like a satisfying just splat. You know, you don't see anything, but like it just, it hits the ground, doesn't bounce. And right when the telephone booth hits the ground, the fiddle player's string breaks and everybody cheers. God, it was beautiful. It is kind of a comic fall. 
It, oh yeah like the the telephone booth if a car really hit it it would crumble right yeah. like and if it went over the cliff it would tip over the cliff it like it was slapstick bounce yeah it was almost slapstick it was really borderline there it like bounced off the car goes soaring through the air as falls, if it were impacted at like a hundred miles an hour and this and road it, is and probably it was, and it was indestructible and made of rubber yeah right. and this car is probably going 20 kilometers per hour and it falls like 150 feet down to a pebbly beach and just crunch. Yep. It doesn't even break apart when it hits the ground. No, nope. no. There's just no bounce. And it's just like zero ambiguity about what the state of, like that, that woman probably looked like a puddle oh, on yeah. the inside, like that that woman did not make it out of it. I would think that is the one scene that would probably fit the yeah. dark comedy category. I Because you are like, this person died, ha ha. Like, and you know, you celebrate her death. You sort of do. Like, there's no, there's no redemption for her character. There's no like, oh, okay, she died. You maybe feel a little bit bad. It's like, no, like the the filmmakers want you to go, hurrah, the witch is dead. Yes, <laughs> ding, ding dong, dong, the witch is dead. Ding yes. dong. Yep. <laughs> um, and then basically roll credits more or less yeah they have a couple conversations in the pub they talk um, about uh, there is oh, one very important there's one very very big important detail um so maggie and finn yeah so throughout the movie pig finn talks about how he's morris's real father morris is maggie's son and at the end of the movie maggie sits down with jackie and she says do you think morris needs a father more than he needs seven million pounds and jackie's like the fuck are you talking about seven million pounds we all agreed on 130 and she reveals that old man ned is morris's real father they gotta be like 30 years apart yeah i was gonna say maggie is at best like late 20s early 30s and ned is very clearly they actually state in the movie that he's 66 did not look 66 to me no ned divine you dirty dipper (laughs) so jackie says you know take the whole thing take all seven million and put it away for morris and she's like no 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 that money would ruin him besides one hundred and thirty thousand pounds is more than enough which it's really kind of like 260 because she got a share and so did finn yeah right right um presumably so did morris yeah they never really covered that but like was there an age restriction here so is there three hundred ninety thousand pounds between the three of them yep but yeah the end to the maggie flynn thing because they all came into this money he doesn't need any pigs anymore and now i can love you because yep you know there's no pigs if it weren't for the pigs if it weren't for the pigs oh man i i really enjoyed this movie you know this movie did such a good job of establishing like chemistry and relationships without telling you like at the at the funeral at the end of the movie they give you a little bit of backstory about the nature of jackie and michael's relationship but they didn't need to give you any backstory this didn't need exposition no just the way that the characters interacted with each other you just felt like they've known each other forever and well and that's so good that was the beauty of it for me too is like the interactions between the characters filled in all of the gaps that you might need because as you said there's no backstory or, you know, epilogue needed. You don't need to set the stage for the relationship between these characters. So the way they interact tells you everything they need to know. Like, only best friends talk to each other that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just it makes you want to just hang out with Jackie and Michael. Yeah. They just have that that camaraderie. Um, Yeah, what are some of the things that that really jumped out at you guys? Things that we liked? Yeah. Uh, I, we sort of already touched on this, but I think the movie was nicely partitioned. 
we don't typically like we don't I, we don't normally separate into different acts. Yeah, we don't normally say like act 1, act 2, act 3. It was very very clear in this movie the dividing lines and it was very clear how the different acts played into one another and then culminated in the sort of result of the movie. Um, it was very unapologetic in some surprising ways, like unapologetically killing an old woman. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that like, there's two things sort of simultaneously happening that you are supposed to celebrate that you wouldn't typically do. You are celebrating the death of an old woman, which you kind of are. I mean, she was a, she was a bitch. Um, but you are also celebrating the fact that this entire town got away with fraud. Yeah. <laughs> and like ripped off the lotto for like seven million. And it's like, I'm not saying I didn't celebrate, but I can say that like taking a step back, that is an unusual thing to set a movie. Usually that in a movie, there is some kind of like, you know, comeuppance. Yeah. There's, there's like a trickery and everybody will be fine. You know, in a comedy in a lighthearted comedy like this, everybody's going to be fine. Nobody's going to go to jail, but like, nobody's going to like get away with it. That's very unusual. Everybody gets away with it. Everybody yeah. gets away with it. Well, and the, the, <laughs> the woman dies. And the, <laughs> the flip side of that is Ned, given the description of his character and the way these characters talk about Ned, you know for a fact that he would have shared that money with everybody in town. Mm -hmm. Maybe not 130000 apiece, yeah, but Ned, he definitely sure. would have shared it with everybody in town. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, that is another sort of, in addition to those other two things that are like a bit off color, a bit unusual for this kind of movie, the fact that Ned was a nice guy and was well-liked, I think is something that is very unusual. It would This type of movie, I would expect that person to be bad as you say and you were supposed to be basically like good he's dead yeah you know, take his money you nine know nine times out of ten when you're ripping off a dead guy the dead guy's a dick yeah that gives you license yeah <laughs> right and it's like yeah, you have full permission to take advantage of him if he's a dick yeah and in this movie it's like your license is like bought by a dream a, dr a vision, a premonition. And, and everybody's chicken. sort of like understanding that Ned was a cool guy. He'd want us to have this. Yeah. Which may be legit. And I mean, it is legit enough. Like he, in the movie. They're 100% right that the... Ned would want them to have it if he couldn't. <laughs> yeah. In the context of the movie, it, I suppose it is right, but it was unusual. It's still illegal. <laughs> um, this movie was very plucky mm -hmm. and very fun. I think the music helped out tremendously. Oh, the music is beautiful. Right. There are some very nice and intense songs like the parting glass is featured very a couple times throughout but heavily at the end there's like some intense fiddling which also set the stage nicely but the music i'm specifically referring to is like very upbeat and plucky kind of very bright um, bright yeah folk music uh, that's played throughout and it helps keep the tone of the movie up mm -hmm. which is yet another reason why i would not classify this as a dark comedy is like dark comedies when they're exploring the dark concepts bring you down with not just the music but other things that sort of help you to understand that like this is dark like like you feel jaded but it's like like a sarcastic like jaded feeling i think at least that's what i'm taking from what you're saying with like a classic kind of dark comedy where like you almost feel a little bit dirty yes um, yeah exactly this they are dealing with death you know yeah. the whole movie centers around fraud and lying about a dead man ba basically stealing from a dead man yeah more or less. and then the the climax of the movie is when this woman like that's why i would push back and say this is i think squarely a dark comedy just because of the themes the way that they were presented to your point is very lighthearted, and it's 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 very it's a feel-good movie but it's about death 
And I would say they handled his death so eloquently and so beautifully. You know, Jackie walks in on Ned's body and sees him in this state and sees the joy and the jubilance on his face at the realization that he's won the lotto. Uh, goes home and has this beautiful dream of him and Ned in the boat. And Ned says to Jackie, there would have been a mighty party, Jackie. <laughs> and, you know, offers him the chicken dinner. And it, 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 it's this beautiful scene. And it really paints Ned's character because presumably the reason that Jackie is having this dream, this premonition, this vision is because he knew Ned so well that he would have known what Ned wanted in this context. Yeah, and it also serves to give the viewer permission to root for Jackie's plan. Yeah, and then conversely, at the end, when they're in the funeral scene, even though they are all under the pretense because if they're not burying Michael, they're burying Ned, and if they're burying Ned, they're burying their money and going to prison. Which is a very pirate thing of them to do. Yes, Burying so, your money and going to prison. Very pirate. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mad respect. Um, <laughs> but that again goes towards what I was saying before. It's what Ned would have wanted. If Ned couldn't have the money, he would have wanted it to go to the people of Tullymore. Yeah, I think they make the argument sufficiently that he would. And yeah. That, and that gives you permission to, like, root for them to commit fraud. <laughs> um... Another thing I have on my list is you could survey everybody in the catalog universe, go through everybody, have them stripped down naked, looking at pictures of everybody. You could not handpick a better body for that motorcycle scene. No. Than that man. It was phenomenal. Uh, like, it, no, his chest is just like, you know, it is caving in. Uh, like that, His nipples are down to his hips. He's got hipples. How yeah. does that guy not make a living just going and visiting medical schools so they could point out human anatomy. Yeah. Because you yes. can just see right through them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like paper. <laughs> this is what a spleen looks like. The man's made of yeah. rice paper. Get him wet and he'll dissolve. <laughs> that was beautiful casting. I'm going to give mad props to the casting of this movie, but Ned Kelly in particular. David Kelly. David Kelly in particular was just absolutely killer. He's also just a great actor. He is. He is. That's true. Um, and then one thing that I did really like about this movie is that I feel like oftentimes these are hard to find. It's a very low stakes movie. Even the first time I'm watching it, I'm not invested emotionally in a way that would sort of like, it, it, it sounds terrible, but like force me to feel a lot of big emotions. Right. Right. Like it is a very low stakes movie. Honestly, like the first time, you know, you have to pay attention so you know what's going on. But like having seen it once, I would feel perfectly comfortable turning on this movie and having it on in the background while I did the dishes. Oh, I've done it so many times. It, it is a very good movie for that kind of yeah. thing. You don't like casually put on Schindler's List in the background. No. Right? And that's, that's what Waking Ned Divine, absolutely. Isn't an indictment of the movie though. It's just... No, and I think that's like... I think people do confuse that. They're like, oh, it, there's no emotional investment. You don't care blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it is one of those movies that like... Like, it doesn't cause you any stress or anxiety because there's really nothing that big at stake. And even the whole, like, we'll go to prison kind of thing is sort of glossed over in a way that doesn't make you feel any stress 
Um, yeah. and I like, you know, we watch movies to sort of put ourselves in people's shoes and to, and to feel that stress and anxiety of, you know, Alan Grant facing down a Tyrannosaur, like it'd be fucking terrifying and you feel scared for him and that's good. And we like that about movies, but we also sometimes like movies because we like things to just happen in front of us while we can have sort of like low investment distractions. Mm. Yeah. And this movie fits that bill really, really well. It's the same reason why people watch The Office for the 19th time, right? It's it's familiar. It's safe. Yeah. You're not missing anything. And uh, like I said before, I've seen this movie so many times. And, you know, when I want to watch a feel-good movie and I don't want to feel the anxiety of watching a movie that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. I'll turn this one on because I've seen it so many times. I know the beats. I know the lines. I can turn this on, connect my headphones to my TV and go throughout my house, do laundry, do dishes, you know, take care of, you know, whatever I need to do. And I can still enjoy it and see it in my head because I've seen it enough times right and some movies and shows are like that because you've seen them a lot and some are like that because that's the way they are and this is one of those this is the latter like i have seen this movie exactly one time and i would feel comfortable doing that you know watching it they're having it on the background that is not necessarily the case with everything sometimes it's just a function of familiarity um and so all of the risk has been sort of washed out but this one right off the bat ned divine if you want to feel good low investment comedy to just happen in front of you it's a good way to go quote quirky yeah yeah it's it's a gem it's fun it's wholesome so we're we're gushing about it is there anything else that we really like that we want to throw out there i think this next section is going to be rather short uh you know me Uh, I'm a sucker for cinematography. I really liked that the cinematography in this movie was as simple as the premise. It was very subdued. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, classic shots, but creative nonetheless. You know, you got a couple of the really wide shots that Mark was talking about before. Mm -hmm. Those scenes really punch above their weight because of the camera angle. You see a couple of shots of the beautiful landscapes in Tully Moore, which presumably is Northern Ireland. Mm. Isle of Man. Isle of Man. uh, Isle of Man was, the reason you saw that was that was um, a production of of Isle of Man. But no, I think that's in the the Republic. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know if Tullymore is a real village, but their accents would suggest. But nevertheless, it is a remote part of Ireland. The county has one village and this village has 52 people, but it's absolutely gorgeous. So you get to see some really creative shots of the countryside. I'm sorry, 51 people. 50 people if you're talking after Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, 49 if you don't count kids. Yes. That's true. And who does? Yeah. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And oh. if the priest left before the other priest got back, 48. Yeah. So <laughs> between 48 and 49 mature, healthy adults. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and then the pigs, which each count as a 16th of a person. Right. And I, I believe there were eight pigs... So that's between 48 and 49 and a half <laughs> mature, healthy adults. Yep. yep. And we are, we are talking metric here. Yes. Um, it is. It is. So imperial, it would be between. Uh, something random. 50 and 97 mature, healthy adults. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Seven. What, what the fuck was I saying? <laughs> uh, uh, so sorry. Cinematography. 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 <laughs> So you see some really creative shots, but most of the movie is filmed in close-ups. You see a lot of in-person close-ups. There's one scene that I really enjoy after Jackie and Michael pull off their little shenanigans with Jim Kelly and fool the lotto man. Annie is pissed. 
Annie is just righteous anger. Mm -hmm. And the next scene, you just see Jackie in bed talking to somebody. And the camera just slowly shifts over to reveal Michael. <laughs> because Jackie's not allowed in his house. <laughs> yep. And it's, it's, it's so great. It's beautiful. It's a classic shot. You've seen it so many times in different movies, particularly rom-coms, of which this movie is not. However, that brings me to another point. There is a running subplot through this movie of the love story of Pig Finn and Maggie O'Toole. Mm -hmm. Endearing. And this movie is a comedy. And there is romance. Does oh. that make it a romantic comedy? Could it be a, a rom-com within a high-concept comedy? My argument is no, but I just wanted to say that to, you know, tease Mark. It's a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a concession that it is a rom-com nestled safely within a quirky comedy. That's very meta. That's, one I might like say, it. One might say that's a very high concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Russian doll, if you will. A Matryoshka comedy. That. What? Uh, okay, so what did we not like about this? I I kind of was here for all of it. I can't think of anything that I didn't like. Uh, you shit all over Stardust. <laughs> yeah. And you can't find one thing you didn't like. Well, <laughs> some things in this world, Colin, are easy. And some things in this world are not. <laughs> I couldn't find anything I didn't like about this movie. <laughs> Maybe if I were presented with a different movie. <laughs> Uh, featuring, was it, uh, was it David Kelly? Or was it, David was it? Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I would find some things to say, but, uh, you know, more on that later. Uh, I will say the pacing, a little off. No, the pacing's not perfect. I, this is one of those examples of movies, where I think we've talked about this, where, like, this was not my favorite movie I've ever watched, but I would say on any category I might rate it on, you know, it's over a five. It's, yeah. It's better than it is not. And so it is definitely one of those that I can't really knock it for anything other than maybe the pacing, but it is just a decent, good movie. I cannot think. I've been I've been dreading this question ever since we started recording because I knew that we were going to get to it, and I, 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 I cannot find anything objectionable about this movie. I cannot name a single thing that I don't like. Well, there you go. Like, Mark. I, I, I genuinely <laughs> adore this movie for so many reasons. Okay, so, are we lower down? I believe we are lower down. I think so. Um, are we ready to move on to quotes? Uh, I, think, I think so. I know we, we kind of sprinkled some of them in there, and one of my quotes, we almost, like, discussed verbatim, but I'll still kind of throw it back out there. This takes place in the beginning, where Jackie is sitting in front of the TV, talking about the lotto, and he's trying to get Annie to bring his apple tart in, and she's just, no, you know, you can come in here, you can get it yourself. And so he does the whole, like, I won the lottery bit. That was my quote. And he says, you know, we've won, and then, you know, he just kind of really quickly nope but i did get my apple tart didn't i <laughs> she just like slaps him in the face so funny um cheeky bastard <laughs> yeah. uh and then my second quote this is i guess we're kind of like bookending this is towards the end of it forget exactly who the quote was but they're referring to oh crap what was her name again the witch Lizzie. Lizzie. They're talking about Lizzie and how they kind of suspect that she might end up, you know, backstabbing them. And just the comment was made, you know, if the village finds out, she'll burn. You know, <laughs> just like that was Michael that said that. Yeah, she she wouldn't dare. She wouldn't dare. Oh, my God. It's so good. So what else we got? Uh, so I've already given you if it weren't for the pigs. Uh, we should have put on a trigger warning for this movie. Just expect to hear a whole bunch of, like, really bad Irish accents. And Irish in the sense that we're, we're aiming for the accents that were in the movie. Not to say that the accents in Ireland are homogenous. Uh, 
Okay, I got one where Annie is talking to Jackie right after he sort of hatches the plan to go and collect the ticket and collect the winnings and is explaining that Ned died. And she, she goes, oh, they say money changes a man, Jackie. And there's no greater change than from life to death. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Which is true. Like, you know, yep, you that old, pretty like, much the gist of it. Money changes you and it's like... Yeah, well, you know, he he died. That's a change. Yeah. I would catalog that as a change. That's a metaphysical change. (laughs) And then this is Morris, the little kid, is talking to this priest who's in the village. He's subbing in for, like, the priest who's normally there. Father Mulligan. Father Mulligan, one might say. And so they've sort of struck up a relationship, and the kid talks to this young priest a whole bunch, and he's asking all these questions, so the priest is like, well, maybe he's interested in, you know, sort of becoming a member of the cloth. And he goes, do you think you could be drawn to the church, Morris? And Morris says, oh, I don't think so, Father. I don't think I could work for somebody who I never met, and for no money. (laughs) (laughs) Story of my life. Because the kid's like, what, 10? Yeah. 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 And, and it's also like, it's comical because it frames like being a clergy member as like working for God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, like you collect a paycheck and a 401k and yep. you get health benefits. God signs your check and You're tells right. you to come in on Sunday. <laughs> right. Yep. I don't, don't think I could work for somebody who I never met <laughs> and for no money. Yep. <laughs> Every week. My punch card. Who's going to punch that? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I already gave you one of mine, and I've got two more. So this one comes after Annie spent the entire night talking to Mrs. Kennedy because she thinks that Mrs. Kennedy has won the lottery. And Jackie and Michael spent the entire night buying pints and Mexican crisps for Pig Finn. So they both done a heavy amount of drinking. And Annie walks into the kitchen to see Jackie pouring over a ledger and Michael stacking chickens on the kitchen counter. And she says, I'd have thought you'd be the ones with the sore heads, not me. And Jackie responds, Aye, we do have heads and they are sore, but they're also filled with the very best of Irish brains. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my last quote, Michael and Jackie walk into Ned's house after Jackie discovers Ned's body. And when Jackie discovers Ned's body, he drops the chicken dinner that he's brought for him. So Michael and Jackie walk in to try and take stock and figure out what comes next. And Michael is freaking out because he touches the bed and there's... Sticky spot. A, a sticky wet spot. Juicy. Juicy, Juicy bread. Goes, Juicy bed. Dear God, the man's melting. <laughs> Jackie, get in here. And Jackie comes running into the room, slips on the chicken dinner on the floor, and Michael says, Oh God, you've slipped on his intestines. Because <laughs> it's not intestines, it's a chicken dinner. A chicken dinner, Jackie. Well, I would have sworn it was his intestines. And he says... Well, I've never smelt intestines on me jacket before, but surely it can't be as bad as any Brussels sprouts. <laughs> that that is a that is a sick burn. It is like the way that Michael says intestines. Intestines. <laughs> it does have a churchiness about it. Uh, okay, are we, are we done with quotes? I think we might. Be I able believe to rate we are. This. We're, ready to, we're ready to rate. Yeah. Rate. 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 Who's going first? Uh, I'll take this one. Because I actually have a metric ready. Ooh! I have three, so I'm... I've got one and a backup. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Mark is looking at me with intensity and fervor. (laughs) Uh, I will give this movie a 6.3 intestines. Oh! That's good. Was that one of them? It wasn't on my list. It It was one of mine. Okay. Kind of. I had a variation of intestines, but... Good, good, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going 7.8. Goodness. I really enjoyed it. Okay. 
Okay. Um, I don't know if it pops up to a to an eight solid, but you know, high sevens. Um, so like basically, it's it's similar to your opinion about Stardust. Yeah. Actually, I don't. I don't think that's what. I don't think it's what my rating was. Is, are you sure? Mm, I think it was sure. that. Roll the tape. But again, more on that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seven point eight pigs. Okay. All right. I mean, you know, if it weren't for, for the pigs, if it weren't for, for the, the pigs. pigs. All right. So I, similarly to Mark, am gonna rate this about seven point three. Okay. Because I genuinely do love this movie. Seven point three flying phone booths. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. That didn't even enter my head, mm-hmm. but it entered Lizzie's head. Yes, <laughs> that was dark. It was the last that was thing. That but it's a dark comedy, head. right? It's also <laughs> exited. Lizzie's head. <laughs> Great for far. Just about <laughs> everything exited Lizzie's head. It's okay. She was a bitch. Yep. Yeah, especially the Myers brains. <laughs> Sorry, we gotta stop. We gotta stop. Hey, it's a dark comedy. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't get it, it's just because they're not high enough to get yeah, the concept. Yeah, it's not a high concept. Yeah. All right. Um. So that's probably all of the ratings we have. Oh, I that's think. it. That's there's we don't have. Yeah. Anymore. No. That's that's we don't have anything else. Wait. Hang on. Let me let me check. That's him checking. Oh. oh. I think we might have another. Ooh. What is it? Oh. Could it be a scenes go? Scenes go. Scenes go. We're taking that on the road. Yes. Can we wear kilts? Is that cultural appropriation? No. I'm Scottish. <laughs> so he can wear a kilt. I was in his wedding. I wore one too. I'm hey, appropriating. I have an overkilt. What's that mean? It's like a kilt, but overalls. Like it's overdone? Like it's overkilt? No. It's, no. no. <laughs> so the kilt. The That's kilt. Over, okay. Overkilt is a band. And yes. yes. <laughs> overkilt. And if I ever start a band. So help me, that will be its name. It's also a thing, you can buy them for about $129, that it's overalls. So they start at your shoulders, but rather than pants, it's a kilt. Hmm. Sounds a little overdone, but... Uh, they're amazing. Overkilt. And they're tactical, they have pockets. I know there is a company called Utilikilt. Yes. Which makes... Um, I want one to go with my overkilt. You should just get like a normal kilt. I should get that too, but I want all three of them. <laughs> want, I want options. <laughs> I want to be able to accessorize, damn it. <laughs> yeah, whether you're putting on a roof or piping a funeral. Just you gotta, don't look up. You gotta dress to impress. I'm yeah. Standing over an air conditioner. Yeah. Pretty like solid. Marilyn Monroe in The Seven Year Itch. I am not going to say that has never happened to me, <laughs> but I'm also not going to not say that. Uh, yeah. So, and I wear I wear a traditional kilt. Not a skirt. In the traditional sense. In the traditional sense. In the biblical sense. <laughs> I wear a traditional kilt. <laughs> I wear a smile. Yep. Scene score. Anyway. Um. <laughs> a smile, a linen shirt, a kilt, and what God graced him upon his birth. <laughs> and a blue ribbon. There's a little uh, song reference there for you. Grace, see if you can find what song I might be referencing. Mm. Um, oh, she's and it's not me. Amazing Grace. She's going to kill me. <laughs> hey, better you than me. Yeah, fair. Okay, we can do scene score. Scene score. Scene score. Wow, that was a lot of energy yeah. we just sort of pumped in there. I like that. Just kind of beef it up. Uh, we had nine respondents to our familiarity survey nice. this week. Pretty good. Thank you to everybody who responded. If you didn't respond, you're dead to me and never listen to this podcast again. I'm joking. Respond next time, please. You can get on our mailing list if you email us at three, that is the number three men in a basement at gmail.com. You can also sign up for the mailing list through our website, tmaab.podbean.com. They're short weekly surveys and just give you a little sneak peek of what's coming up in our list and ask you how familiar you are with that film. Our average familiarity score on a scale from zero to 10 was 3.3. 
Wow, that's, that's actually higher than I expected. That's higher than I expected as well. Yeah. You know, we talked about this before, but like, you know, we got we got a bit of a bias sample. Yeah. Right? I think Gen Pop, this would be much lower. Yeah. Right, right. I gave it a 6.3, Mark gave it a 7.8, Jackson gave it a 7.3, so our average score was a 7.1. Yeah. Respectable. Yeah. I can live with it. That is a respectable score. With that high familiarity score, still below 0.5, we get a punch up, but not by much. 7.7 is our ultimate score, which it seems like Mark might be happy with. That's uh, that's quite close to my 7.8. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. 7.7, seven, I would agree with that. I would say 7.7, seven, seven, especially with like a healthy lens of, this is a nice feel good movie and if that's the kind of thing that you are looking for in your life i would prioritize this movie there's like just, a 7.7 7 there's just suggest. genuinely nothing objectionable about this movie mm-hmm. this movie should be higher rated in terms of you know more people should see it yeah plain and simple all right is that all for the old crap review are we learn i believe it is uh okay well we just gonna what? There's a there's a there's a sound. We just got an email. We just got an email. We just got an email. What is happening? We just got an email. It's getting louder. We just got an email. Okay, so. Did you catch that? <laughs> I, it's better than Jackson, like, orgasming the Blue's Clues email song. I, we just got an email. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's a little squeak at the end. It's like... It's, it's good, though. It's a different flavor. It's like you're in there. You're in there. You're in there. Oh, he hit my prostate. Woo! <laughs> Back it up. Woo! Back email. it up. <laughs> Back it up. You're not getting a tip. All right. That's all we got, buddy. <laughs> so this email comes from our dear friend... And arguably, actually, I would say inarguably, our number one fan. Perhaps more emails than anyone else. Yeah. Work on it. Yeah, come on, guys. So, what are you doing? from our dear friend Grace. Laferty. Laferty. Grace Laferty. Grace Laferty. Fert for short. Yeah. The title of this email of Burp Envelopes and Stardust. Hmm. <clears throat> Here we go. Salutations, boys. It's me again. I'd like to start this letter off by once again telling Jackson to screw off. That is, yeah. that's an appropriate thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what we all right. need. I'm on board yeah, with all I agree. of this. Go ahead, Grace. Yeah. yeah. End Good of the you. email. She, <laughs> she follows by saying, I already did the last time I saw him, but I think it bears repeating. It she, does. And thank you. She's throwing repeated bears at you. Yes. Wow. Baby bears? Is, th- is that where those scratches came from? Regrettably. Yeah. yeah. You are, you guys can't see him, but he is hideous. It's He's basically true. a pile of goo. Yeah. He basically looks like Lizzie does inside that telephone box. Yeah, I am what happens after a goop-a-doop. Oh, God. Oh, goodness. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. You don't want the goop-a-doop. So, she would like to tell me to screw off for calling me out at the end of episode 41. Mm. That said, I did not back down from this challenge. After going way too far back in the catalog, I found the origin of the burp envelope. Oh, shit. I respect she, Like, we threw down the gauntlet, yeah. and she picked it up, and I feel like she's about to slap us with it. Yep. Episode 13, 15 minutes and 20 seconds in. God, that's so Never underestimate hyperfixation, boys. I was determined to accomplish this task. Oof. I respect it. That's, yes. Yeah. Mad, mad respect to Grace. On to more important matters. After listening to the Stardust episode, I knew two things. That somehow you guys talked about Neil Gaiman without mentioning Coraline, and I had to check out this movie. And it takes some convincing to get me to watch a film I haven't already seen. I blame my autism for that. Anyway, I knew for certain that I was going to like this movie. I'm a big fantasy nerd and grew up on fairy tales. 
Happy to report that I loved this film so much. It was a wholesome and heartwarming story that I will definitely be recommending to friends. That's true. That's a that's that's accurate. Yeah. It, it is all of those things. Yeah. And everybody enjoys it. And I think mm -hmm. unilaterally, everybody is pleased with this movie. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't no, yeah. didn't like I mean, it. No. Probably probably not. Probably not. <laughs> probably yeah. not. Which brings me to my next point, Mark. Probably not. The adjectives you used to describe your thoughts on this film were, and I quote, thin and empty. Oof. That, Oof. That is what I said. I'm sorry, Mark. We should we should read that part together. Oof. 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 Oh, yeah, one more time. Mm. All right. One, two, three. Oof. I think we captured Grace's yeah. like, sort of intensity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark, but I have to ask. Do you feel joy when you watch the news? <laughs> Gentlemen, I submit to you my theory that Mark's soul and sense of whimsy have been beaten down by the cold reality of life. Yeah, some of us don't need a scaffolding to smile. Okay. M Mark is Mark is covered in bear malls right now. Yeah. <laughs> Joking aside, Mark, you are completely <laughs> entitled to your own opinion, but I don't think you're ever going to hear the end of this one. Best of luck. She goes on to say, glad you three were... She wrote a novel! Uh, yeah. Glad you three were amused by my previous suggestions. Admittedly, I picked those because they're terrible, and I thought it would be funny if you did them. But today, I actually have a serious suggestion for you. Hang on. Was she talking about an ex-girlfriend of mine? They're terrible. I thought it'd be funny if you did them. It's possible. Is that... Yeah. No. She might be referring to Cause your exes. Because it was funny. Yeah. Mm. When you did them. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Don't sue us, Seth MacFarland. I let that one slip out. But if you want me to submit it through the Google form, then I will. In the last Starfighter episode, you mentioned you'd never heard of the movie Victor Victoria, which I honestly think is a crime. If you liked... It is in the District of Columbia. It's true. Yeah. If you liked Robert Preston as the centaur in Starfighter... Since Centauri? Yes. Yeah. I think you're going to like him in this. It's a great film with an incredible performance by Julie Andrews definitely worth checking out. And if you don't agree with me, I promise you I'll find a way into that basement. I don't care about oh. your format. Do you have locks? Uh, I'm going to get them. Okay, thank I, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy I'm going to buy some. We need locks now. Yep. We yep. need uh, we need bearproof locks. Get the locks. Yes. Then change the locks just in case. Yep. Happy holidays and I hope this email brought you some laughs. Sincerely, Grace. It, it did. It did bring me some laughs. That was less graceful. You know? Yeah. Then, uh, except for the Stardust part, which was spot on. Yes. No. Yeah, the Stardust no. part was factually accurate. Yeah. Was top to that, bottom. that was like peer reviewed and. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get, uh, that's a little bit off topic here, but um, I'm going to get some tattoos. Okay. And they're going to okay. go right across my knuckles. Uh huh. And they're going to say thin and empty. All right. And so your knuckles, are, your knuckles are thin and empty. No. I think he's gonna have to like maybe take out the M. That's in not what I said. Empty. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Because it's like it's gonna be empty. You well, <laughs> don't know well, how many knuckles is, I have. Thin is four letters, so you just take the E and put it on the thumb. Thanks. And you know I could do that. Also, don't share with people how many knuckles I have. That's private. That's true. I mean, he doesn't have any pinkies. That. Mm. I'm also sensitive about that. I mean, yeah. I forgot about that incident with the bears. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Thank God he's still got 10 fingers. Woo! Just doesn't have any pinkies. Yeah, t um, 10 fingers and some number of knuckles. Yes. <laughs> okay. 10 adjacent. Are you more or less likely to have a non-uniform number of knuckles if you have a Morton's toe? Ooh, that's a good question, actually. Or does a Morton toe itself, because you have the sub-knuckles, you know? Yeah, does a um, Morton's toe have an extra knuckle? 
Oh my god, that's a bandit. Sub knuckle. Sub knuckle. Sub knuckle. Why do I feel like that's like a trash band? Like just oh, yeah. absolute garage. Yeah, Gar- knuckle thumping. Garage <laughs> Mahal. Which what was it? What was your other one? Was fucking like thumbing the aorta? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sub knuckle tours with thumbing the aorta. Yes. You know that yes. for a fact. Yes. Um, okay, we also got one other message, not strictly speaking through the typical channels, not no. through not through an email or these fancy computing machines. Came through a tube? It came through a tube of sorts. Was it a... Whose tube? Was it was it your tube? Well, my tube. Okay, listen, messages may or may not have been passed through my tubes at some point, mm. but that was a long time ago. The war is over. Don't talk about it. And a little bit of preparation H and it all goes away. Yeah. This comment was made on the tube of views and it was made by a cartoon fellow, let's say. Yeah. A Fred Flintstone, if you will. Um, Fred, we're giving you a shout out because we, uh, we read your comment and we want to know that your voice is heard and we're going to flatly ignore you while reading your comment. This was in regard to Murder by Death, the episode Murder by Death. I can't believe you didn't connect the detectives to the actual literary characters. Charlie Chan, Miss Marple, Hercule Poirot, Sam Spade, Nick and Nora from the Thin Man Mysteries. Kinda important. But you guys were hilarious, so not all was lost. Thanks for sharing. The last part of that was correct. Yes, absolutely. The last part was 100%. Spot on. I loved the part where he told us that we were hilarious. Yes, I like that part too. Yeah. We but should we should concentrate on that part. Do not ever correct us. Ever. You come into Mark's house, Flintstone. Yeah. yeah. Fred. Don't you ever. Don't you ever come into my house. It's not my house, it's Con's house. <laughs> don't you ever come into this basement without without Con's permission. Don't you ever. Do Unless that. Grace has already broken in. Unless Grace but, is already sitting there. We're, we're all in trouble, yes. guys. Just, Fred, you're not going to make it if Grace is in here, so <laughs> just stay away. Uh, no, but, I, I I did actually, I did want to read that comment because... Fred I, brought up an excellent point. Yeah, I mean, it is it's important, and there are actual, like, when we looked into it, you know, we suspected there were, like, actual specific literary inspirations beyond simply, and we mentioned a few of them, we mentioned Poirot, and, you know, beyond just, like, the generalized caricatures that were, you know, these five detectives. We did suspect, but we intentionally do not look or delve into the lore of a movie unless we already sort of know it just by happenstance well, because, because then it wouldn't be, be the ultra crepidarians because we are the ultra crepidarians yeah. right like we are just regular fuckheads who don't know what the fuck we're talking about we rely on youtube comments to tell us what we're talking about yeah we, we regurgitate like the front page of imdb and that's as deep as we go yeah and we're, so we appreciate fans like you fred flintstone who are continuously educating us on the ways that we can better ourselves and we won't but we appreciate that you tell us. It makes us feel good that you're trying. Yeah. Yeah. You know? you know, effort is being made on our behalf. Good on you. And it is our right as Americans to completely ignore that and remain in ignorant sludge. America! You could say we're known for this. <laughs> oh, but I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because I'm a proud... Proud to be an American? American. Rock, flag, and eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Is it time for the Pledge of Allegiance? Oh, yes. Yes. All right. Okay. So we'll do the Pledge of Allegiance. Yep. We're going to go to McDonald's, and then we'll be right back That's after the pledge. these messages. That's the pledge, right? Of Allegiance? That I, we're we're, I, we're I, on our way to McDonald's. I pledge gonna... allegiance to Ronald McDonald and the capitalist states of America. Of the McNuggets of America. <laughs> uh, okay. Are we are we learn with, with all that? Yep. Y'all. I think we need to talk about our upcoming tour. Yes. You know who we got on this tour? Who we got? It is a who's who of 
not so great bands. Yeah, yeah. Headliner, Chicken Party. Chicken Party. I'm stoked about Chicken Party. And when I say who's who, I mean who's that? Yeah. Nobody's ever heard of Chicken Party. Dude, would, do you have to cross the road to get to this Chicken Party? Usually, And yeah. imagine the breasts that you would see at Chicken Party. Whoa. Oh, no, I will say. Right? I've been, right? To, I've been to a few Chicken Party shows. And it's the breasts. Breasts everywhere. Chicken breasts. And right? thighs, too. Whoa. Ooh. Ooh, think of them drumsticks at that show. <laughs> and some good drumsticks. These are parts of a chicken. Yes. Being a little um, beaky, I'm sorry. We're just clucking about it. Yeah, giving me a wishbone over here. <laughs> it's a good band. That's all we're trying to say. Jackson's trying not to laugh, right? He's trying so hard. Speaking of wishbone, Subknuckle is also on that stage. And then on ancillary stages, we've got uh, Coffin Wrist. Yes. And Overkilt. Overkilt is the only one actually worth seeing. The others, you'll probably get, you'll get some disease. It's true. Which, I mean, hey, to each their own. You know, I mean, Grace may go collect a sample of one of those diseases and release it into the basement if we don't. Well, she'll uh, infect the bears and then... Oh my God, she's going to infect the bears. Yeah. Not the I bears. didn't even think about that. Grace is going full bears. Resident Evil on us. Oh God. Gross. That is very grace, though. Yeah, that is that's it's something grace. she would do. Uh, or she's gonna call Mike Tyson and have him hunt us down with his fistful of Morton's toes. Yeah, knuckle thumpers. And what was the first reference to that? That would be episode 13, 15 minutes and twenty seconds. No, that was burp envelope. Oh, that was burp envelope. You're right. So what is the first reference of the Morton's Toe? Well, thank God we've got Grace, because yeah. she will find it. Nobody else will find it's it. It's true. Uh, not Fred Flintstone. No. And certainly not Alex. Nope. Ooh, but the gauntlet's been been thrown here. Yeah. You know, if you can find the specific point that we make that reference is, we will berate you live on the show. It's true. And we will crown you our number one fan, if you can do that, Grace. Ooh, the title is up for grabs, everybody. Oh, not good. And not Alex. Good. Not good. We're good. Bears. Just guys, bears. Bears beats Battlestar Galactic. Uh, all right. With our tour well highlighted, that is all for the All Corrupt Review. Thank you for listening. If you have any ideas for movie reviews, you can fill out our movie review form located on our website, tmaab.podbean.com. And if you're looking for tickets to our tour, you can just send us cash. Yes, you can send us cash anytime you want. That's We, we have no restrictions on sending us cash. Nope. No bloodstains. No, that's uh, that's please, our one, our one no. restriction. We've received too much of that, and people are asking questions. Starting to smell. It's starting. It's it is the smelliest of money. Yeah, bl- blood money. You can Followed also right right by like sweaty titty money. Yeah, yeah, blood money then sweaty poop money. <laughs> I was about to, I was about to tell a story about the people, but one woman in particular who was about sixty five and had tiggle bitties and used to pay at the movie theater. Like she used to reach under her boob. <laughs> I guess I'm telling the story. She used to reach under her boob. And pull it out. Okay, I don't know if this was just my brain filling in gaps, but like, I swear to God, I saw it drip once. (laughs) (laughs) And she used to hand it to me. (laughs) What do you do with that? Other than burn it. Nothing. Uh, You can also email us. (laughs) Three, that is the number three, men in a basement at gmail.com. No sweaty boob money, no blood money. Uh, and you can also find us wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts. If there's a town crier who retells podcasts in 19th century style, hear ye, hear ye. please have at it. And until then, I am Colin McLeod. Mark up. Action Jackson. And we'll uh, see you in cyberspace. Resner.